This is a CBC Podcast. This year has just begun, and already there's a lot to talk about in Saskatchewan politics. The provincial government's still fighting with Ottawa over the carbon tax. The opposition is still raising concerns about the state of hospitals here. And we have an election slated for the fall. For more on all of it, we've reached our political panel. Adam Hunter covers politics for CBC Saskatchewan. Murray Mandrick writes a political column in the Regina Leader Post, and they join us every time, uh, every Friday at this time. Happy New Year, Murray. Happy New Year. I've seen you, but hi. <laughs> Happy New Year to you. <laughs> Happy well, New back Year at again. You. Yes. Okay, Adam, we know the government is no longer charging us the carbon tax on our home heating bills. But the government mill may still pay that money to Ottawa. It hasn't decided yet, as you heard the minister say this week. What's the issue? I think the issue is that the government, when they announced this initially, as you pointed out on the show yesterday and played that clip of Premier Mo, said, we're not going to collect the carbon tax. We're also not going to pay it. And that is sort of over time changed from we're not going to pay it to maybe we won't pay it to we haven't decided yet, which is where we're at right now. So over a period of a few months. Now, while that's also happened, we've gone from, you know, we're standing up to Ottawa. This is about fairness. There should be a uniform plan across the country. What's good for Atlanta, Canada should be good for Saskatchewan. Other premiers have pointed out this as well in fairness. But we've also now had the Ministers say, I want to be the person that's distributing natural gas, not Sask Energy. So make me, give me that power, federal government, which the federal government hasn't indicated they're going to do. And many experts say they're not going to do. And now we have this deadline of February where we have to pay the money. Last year was $172 million. It's going to be more because the carbon tax is going up. So where's that money coming from? And Dustin Duncan on the show yesterday said, well, you know, we don't know yet. Could be the GRF, could be Sask Energy, but it's going to be the bill's going to come time to pay. And the the other option here is the other thing we should talk about is the rebates. And as Trevor Toomas pointed out, as you had on the news this morning, the U of C economist, the rebates in Atlanta Canada will go down because of the exemption. And Saskatchewan's rebates could be affected as well. There's no guarantee that they won't be. And we don't know that yet because of the government hasn't decided how they're going to pay. And the federal government still hasn't given us an answer. And we don't know from the federal government. So it's kind of in this limbo situation. Murray, what sense would it make for the government to stop charging us the carbon tax on our utility bills, but pay it anyway with our money? Just ruins the vibe. You know, that, that, that tends to, you know, you your government, you know, lawyers can ruin everything because you're a government, you're going along, you got this good vibe. I'm going to be able to get votes in rural Saskatchewan by keep by hammering on this carbon tax thing, not going to pay it, not going to collect it. Then the darn lawyers come along and they just ruin the vibe. Oh, you can't do that legally. It's like the pronoun bill. You can't do that legally. Wait a minute. I can't. And, the, and now they're in um, the situation where they have to adjust. They are building the airplane in the air. And that is not a good strategy for flying. It, it's just not really uh, working for them. Now, they might get away with it in the sense that the federal government has been an absolute disaster in terms of how it sold the carbon tax, and maybe even from a policy perspective. I've never seen the carbon tax, and people get mad when they call it that, but the fact of the matter is uh, they haven't sold the notion of the rebate terribly well, so they, they've gotten away with call, people, people calling it the carbon tax. They haven't sold the rebate notion well that goes to poor people, that some people are actually way better off with a rebate than they are uh, under the old system. Some people get, get triple the amount it, it, back. It, 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 that they pay. This is absolutely true, contrary to what Scott Moe is saying. But the vibe works really well to basically say farmers, oil, gas, 
fundamental uh, natural resource primary industries in Saskatchewan are getting hammered. In certain sectors, they are. This is the wonderful vibe that we're going into the 2024 election year. Every time they try to sell that, though, something happens where, gee, we can't do this. And now we have a situation where we're going to make Duncan – uh, Dustin Duncan, the energies are. I don't want to go to Dustin Duncan for my Sask Energy. <laughs> I don't, we don't want politicians in general, I don't think, in charge of distributing our natural we, gas. We get oil, natural gas from dinosaurs, and I'm not sure he believes that they're dead. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm making fun of him, but it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. When, uh, when, when you have this situation, it, they need to basically not make policies on the fly, think them through, and not uh, get themselves caught up in the situation they're they're in now. I don't think they'll change, though, and they certainly can't change before the next upcoming provincial election in October. I mean, do you remember when the Saskatchewan party used to hate it when the NDP government would meddle around with crown profits and such? I remember Lauren Calvert as the premier making SAS power, I believe, eat a big deficit rather than passing it on to bill payers, right? Because they were supposed to be run like businesses. Now we have both SAS power and potentially SAS energy eating this money as a business to save us money. But that's that's absolutely what happens when you have a policy in which you basically decide I'm going to basically develop my policy on what's, what I think sells, what makes sense, as opposed to actually talking to uh, what are the legal parameters here? What are the requirements? Who is going to be uh, criminally responsible for not collecting the tax? Oh, gee, it's it's the, my board and my appointees might be going to jail. Well, I'll volunteer to go to jail, except maybe I won't because I still haven't except decided. Except maybe I can't. I, except maybe I can't. Except maybe I don't even know whether I'm going to remit it or not at this particular point. It, it, in some ways, if you listen to it from a distance, it sounds a little bit ludicrous. Adam, we talked to you earlier in the week about some of the issues that we expect to be debated leading up to this election, including the carbon tax in Ottawa, of course, but also this week we've heard about health care. You mentioned education, outstanding contract with teachers. What else do you think will be top of mind? Yeah, I think cost of living is the number one because that's based on polling that people that affects everyone right now, inflation. Uh, but if you Look at the second place, and the close second is healthcare. And we talked about this week. It, it seems like a weekly story where we had this week uh, ER times shut down. Yeah, uh, that de- city hospital on bypass in Saskatoon. Depending on who you talk to, the language about that is um, whether it's the SHA or the government or routine or, or super alarming. Exactly. So, and that affects everyone because it can't be pointed out as a Regina Saskatoon problem because people from everywhere in the province rely on Regina Saskatoon for healthcare, for diagnostics, for treatment, for surgeries, for emergency. And so when those places are overwhelmed, that affects everyone. It affects me uh, if I can't get in to see a doctor. It affects you as my neighbor if you can't see a doctor because it's it's just a domino system. And so that's one thing I think where the government can say, well, this is a problem everywhere because we may not care that Quebec City has a problem or Halifax has a problem because I'm worried about Regina or Saskatoon where I need that care and my loved one needs care. So I think that's the by far and away going to be the one that is consistently the story. And out of COVID in the last election, we had COVID as a kind of the number one healthcare story, whereas that's not necessarily the case right now. It's still an issue, obviously, but what's happened since then has become the major issue in healthcare. Murray, we'll also be deciding these issues, debating these issues and voting in a new map. 
Trump. What's the significance of that? Well, it, it was very craftily done by uh, Joe uh, Don Levy, who just passed away recently. I wrote a column uh, about this, and I've written a couple in the past. We still have 61 seats. And interestingly, we still have what we call 29 or 28 rural, rural seats, except they're not really rural. Uh, if you look at the map, we're seeing these bedroom communities emerge uh, in terms of how the map was drawn. This was a, a map done with uh, representation uh, both neutral and from all from both political parties and so the there were partisans they're, they're and p- neutral people. Partisan, yeah, so it was equal, but you know, craftily, I think uh, the map is drawn where it's still favorable to the SAS party government. It actually, by the way, is better for the NDP than the last map. But you have these seats uh, around Regina and Saskatoon where I think that's going to be a, a real interesting battleground. Now, these seats are pretty conservative in the sense these are suburban the people... Suburban type? Well, it's not just suburban type. type. If you talk about people that are driving into Regina right. and or Saskatoon and worried about the carbon tax, well, guess what? It's people in, in these ridings. So that's probably why the policies have been developed. Uh, the government is, and the SAS party is a lot more crafty about its politics and sometimes we we give them credit for it. They certainly are in this particular areas. They're all within 5%, so it's not really gerrymandering as some of the, the people are complaining and and and, and such. No, it, they followed the process. They followed to the do process this, right? and, and they, they just produced a map that I think is very effective. But getting back to Adam's thing and where it all kind of ties in. Rural health care, urban health care, things we're seeing in emergency rooms is something I think the government can't outrun no matter because it's everywhere on that electoral map that we're talking about. Uh, Inflation may or may not stay. It may or may not uh, uh, be a big issue come October. Education is going to be a big issue, but it's it's limited generally to people within schools and people that are more effective directly. But as Adam outlined, everybody's affected by health care, rural, urban, etc. And the the other big difference is nobody cares that the NDP messed it up 30 years ago. And they did. They they truly did. And the the government there is responsible for the closure of of emergency medical services, the the, uh, Plains Health Center, in Regina. It's part of the problem, but the problem is all in the immediacy, and it is. We're dealing with rooms that are closed right now. We're dealing with situations where emergency room doctors uh, have to tell us when people are being rerouted. We're dealing with a situation where fire inspectors are coming in saying, you got to close this place down because we've got too many people inside. That's a problem. And it's the hospital hallway. It's a hospital emergency (laughs) room hallway. And they're not addressing these these problems probably because they spend too much time being cute by half and thinking about what good vibe they're going to get by selling this. They can't do that with healthcare because people just know they either have it or they don't. Can I ask you guys about the opposition before we go? Because we heard Dustin Duncan making quite a bit of hay this week about the unanimous support in the legislature, in yes. the legislature that allows him to request to be the distributor of natural gases. As ridiculous as that might sound, that the minister of the provincial government would be the distributor of natural gas. And as you say, as some experts say it's not ever going to happen. But the NDP is right on board with making that happen. How come? I think the carbon tax is a polling winner, uh, especially in Saskatchewan. So the NDP knows that. They can't be sort of pro-carbon tax, if you want to say that. And they get a lot of criticism from people that want them to I'm be... I'm seeing fresh yes. stuff this morning. Yeah, What are they doing? Yeah. And so I think it's it's one of those things where I think the carbon tax kind of went away for a while. And this home heating oil exemption in Atlantic Canada brought it back to the forefront. We see Pierre Polyev running on it and making hay. It's back in the polling. It's back, uh, you know, the and the tips of everyone's tongues. 
and across the country, regardless of political party, even the BC NDP are saying, hey, this is about fairness. Wab Canoe saying, hey, it's about fairness in Manitoba. So this cuts across party lines. So people here may not like it, that the NDP is on board with it. But that is kind of what we're seeing the pattern being. And blaming Ottawa and being upset about this is something that it's kind of cutting across party lines. The NDP also doesn't want to be seen as being propping, uh, supporting sort of this arrangement between Jagmeet Singh's NDP and the federal liberals. And so that's something to get criticized of. There's ads run, run against them. They tried to run ads in Manitoba about this to, during the provincial election against Wapkanoo. So that's another thing that I think is at play in this. Bad unprincipled work by the NDP. Uh, I'll, I'll be blunt about it. They, it. It's as Adam described. They're so in such a hurry not to take the political heat on the carbon tax. They didn't think this one through. And for them not to think that it might be wrong for the minister to basically uh, uh, take control of Sask Energy's gas distribution, like what the hell? Like uh, you, you are the party of the Crown Corporations. I seem to remember the b- division bells ringing in my ears for a significant amount of time over this. So you just lent, gave all complete and total control over to a minister that you're worried about privatizing all the time? Bad work by the NDP. Thanks, you guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.